Welcome to the Joplin Andrea podcast, where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. I am Andrea here with my husband and co-host Joplin. Welcome to today's podcast. Good morning, everybody. Hope your Friday is rocking so far. Yes. Closing in on two weeks left before Christmas is here. It's a countdown. The Christmas season is here. We've got our Christmas elves joining us today. That's right. And do you know their names? No. These elves do not have names, but not all elves have to have names. No. It's just boy elf and girl elf. And they're joining us for the show. Guys, we've got uh, a a uh, specific show for you today. We are going to be focusing on our ministry, Extra Mile Missions ministry to Juarez, Mexico. We want to let you know what we're doing there now. Uh, we want to let you know kind of what we plan on doing in 2022 and how you can help with that. And uh, answer like the, the, the top three or four questions people tend to ask us about what we're doing in Juarez. And so excited about that. And yeah. then here in the weeks to come, we're going to focus on Christmas and have a special Christmas uh, podcast for you coming up the Friday before Christmas. But today, uh, we are both really excited to be talking about what we're doing in Juarez, Mexico, and um, why we're there, and kind of uh, where we're at, just the stages of that ministry. So yeah. we do not have a, uh, a format today. We're just going to talk about our ministry there and let you know how you can help. So Andrea, where do you want to start? Um, I'll start with our Christmas shoe boxes that we're doing because it's happening like right now while we're talking about. Um, so each year, or at least the last two years, we have targeted um, the month of November to do shoe boxes for the kids in Mexico. And so that means that people can just bring plastic sized shoe box tubs and fill them with any kind of thing they think a boy or girl would like and do that um, and fill them and bring them in. And then we actually have a team that will be going there in two weeks, taking all these gifts to these kids. And so um, we're really pumped about that. Right now we have about 170 boxes that we have did. And so it's really neat um, to see that all come together and be able to provide Christmas to kids that wouldn't get Christmas or really anything else otherwise. So, so do we have a limit? Or are we taking as many as we can take? Yes, we will. There's always kids somewhere. Um, and so what we do is we take as many as we possibly can. And then we also take loose toys. So if there's more kids there than boxes, we also have um, different items that we can hand out to the kids that didn't get a shoe box. So, okay. yeah. So what you guys are seeing right now, if you're watching anyways, uh, you're looking at um, some of the stuff we've did in the years past. We've got, uh, you see the shoe box, uh, the kids opening their gifts. And one of the things that's always fascinated me when I've looked at these pictures, um, kids, you, you can see the sincerity of the gratefulness for the gifts. Yes. And um, there are certain items that, these kids are really grateful for that you wouldn't, you don't typically see here in America, like the clothing. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just happy that we have sent the things we've sent over. And you can tell that they really, really enjoy it. And so, um, yes, a lot of these are the individual kids. And then you're also seeing uh, some of the collective, like places where we'll actually go. Kids will meet us there and uh, we will drop off gifts. So, yeah, so uh, we're really excited about that. That's happening right now. And I had the opportunity to go two years ago. Last year, we didn't get to go. 
um, just in general because of COVID. They shut the borders down. There At was Christmas. no. Yeah, yes. we, we did make it water as this in the summer, yes. but we yes. weren't able to make this exact trip last year because of COVID. Yes, they had shut the borders down, so we weren't able to do that. Um, but two years ago, I was able to do that, and I am telling you, it was the most incredible thing I have did at Christmas time. I love doing something to serve because it just reminds us like, you know, how good we have it. And, um, just doing something to help others always makes us feel better anyway. And so it was neat. It was really great, um, to just get to go and hand out these boxes and watch these kids light faces light up and spend some extra time with them. And so it was definitely a Christmas I will never forget. So we can take as many gifts um, when I say gifts, shoe boxes, as we can put together and uh, before, uh, really, we need. when's the deadline on this? Coming up next Sunday? Um, yeah, probably next Sunday. Our team doesn't actually leave until the 22nd, so we could take some loose items up until very last minute, but the shoe boxes would need to be the, turned in no later than next Sunday. If you want to help put together a shoe box, please do. Um, yes. we, we have never ever in all of these years of ministry that we've done in a lot of these um you know poor third world areas of the country never have we ever had too much yes and i mean that seriously mm -hmm. we've never had too much donations we've never had too much money we've never had too much gifts too many warm clothes it actually gets really cold there too so like coats gloves hats scarves that sort of thing is a big need in that area there is always a need for more mm -hmm. and so if you know your your heart is stirred in any way with what we're doing here at Christmas for these kids and you want to help, please do. And then listen, if you aren't, say you don't want to put together the box, but you want to, you, you know, you want to help provide for five or 10, you can do that. Um, you can donate through extramilemissions.org or joplinandandrea.com uh, for, and just make sure that you put in the memo uh, shoe boxes for Christmas. And yeah. then uh, we can go and purchase the things that we need to do to put those together and send those with our team. Yeah. So, so that's, um, that's one thing. <laughs> that's one thing. Yeah. And it's great. It's a beautiful thing. And we will send some, you know, we'll have some pictures of this year's, um, you know, what's, what's happening there this year and the gifts being delivered. And we'll get those uh, updated as soon as that happens. And so let's, we want to talk now a little bit about 2022. Yes. And uh, what's happening in Juarez, Mexico, as it relates to Extra Mile Missions, kind of what our short-term vision is and long-term vision as well, and how you can participate because we can't, like what we want to do there, it just requires uh, people that want to partner with us. And so uh, we're there, we're able to see the need, and our hope is that we can come back, communicate the need, and find some people whose hearts align with ours that are capable of helping make these things possible. So um, let's start with the community of Juanita Luna. And um, I'm going to just quickly say a little bit about the uh, just the location of it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to let you talk more about the actual um, just kind of the feel of the place and what we're hoping to do there. So Juanita Luna is a suburb of Juarez, Mexico. It's actually in Juarez, but it is a uh, colonia is what it's called, um, that we have decided we're going to do what we can to help. And so uh, when we say Juanita Luna, we're still talking about Juarez and um andrea what tell us a little bit about the community 
and then let's talk about what we want to do here to help these people out. Sure. So um, we were introduced to Juanina Luna um, this past July, and it is by far one of the most poverty-stricken places I have seen. Um, literally a community that is made out of crates, like wooden crates that you would ship something on. Um, and uh, really, that's it. It's this area where people have migrated and there are nothing but homes primarily made out of this and plywood. And so um, there's a great need out there from anything from resources such as we just need to feed these kids and these families all the way up to you know like things that they could use in their households and so um anyway when we had the opportunity to go out there you could just see that there was a lot of need in an area with not very much resources and so um originally they were meeting underneath of this tarp um, it was a tarp that was actually split in half in a couple different areas where it had probably rained and weathered and um, they were just using what little shade of it they had left with some two by four sticking it up. Um, and since then, there has been a team of people who have came in and actually helped um, build a ground and walls, cement walls around this um, place. And so the resources that we're still needing right now are to help these children in this community just provide them with food. Um, and so those are some of the, the major needs that I see right now. Um, we also were able to provide them with backpacks for school, um, which isn't necessarily a need right now, but in the future, there'll be, um, you know, a need to send them to school once again. But those are some of the biggest needs that I saw when I was out there was primarily just your everyday necessities that we take for granted, such as food and running water and things just to survive. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about our role in, you know, like how do we help? What do we do in a situation like this? Um, first of all, I'll say this, it is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's a reason that there are not a lot of organizations doing significant help, like long-term, you know, organizations will come in for a week and put on a, a clinic of some sort, but it doesn't change the community. And the reason there's not a whole lot of organizations tr committed to the long-term is because it's just overwhelming and it seems like there's nowhere to start. Mm -hmm. And that's always been our heart is to try to produce long-term change, find people that we can commit to and uh, serve and help over a, you know, a period of time. When we were introduced yeah. to Juanita Luna and the people out there, I want to say the community is about uh, 500 people yeah. total and um, maybe 20% of those are kids. Um, and so when she says, you know, they, they met under a tarp, what she means is that of this, you know, group of nearly 500 people all living in wood houses, kind of makeshift wood houses together, they had a community center that was yes. about 30 feet by 30 feet, very small area that you could put a tarp over. And that was where they did all their community stuff. When we went to be introduced to these people, that's where we met. And we brought food and they were served food under this tarp. Yeah, and, and so yeah. You, you'll, that's what you're looking at when you look at uh, a lot of these photos here. So um, the community, uh, with the help of some of the uh, family members, really, that we work with down in um, the Juarez area that live on the El Paso side, they have began putting up 
a a building there, a structure, so that there's something more permanent the community can meet in. Yeah. Here's what we're wanting to do. What we want to do is provide a meal for the children of the community five days a week. Um, all the way through the year. So uh, through school, when the kids get home from school, um, provide them a meal, and then also once a day through the summer. And in order to do this, um, this is one of the first things we want to do. There's a whole lot more that we want to do there, but it's like you got to start somewhere and uh, making sure that the kids get at least one meal a day is I know that sounds small, but it's like we've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Priorities. And so, um, you know, we're doing Christmas gifts. We're doing backpacks already. The community has found a way to start building a, uh, you know, a small community center. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is say, look, we're going to help these kids at least have five meals a week, Monday through Friday. And um, we can do this for about $125 a week and that cost us about $6,500 a year. And so one of the things we're wanting to do at Extra Mile Missions over the course of 2022 is make that happen. We'd like to be able to start really January 1 would be fantastic, but this is where we need your help. Uh, we yeah. need we need supporters that say, "Hey, I want to get behind what you guys are doing there." Um, it is our long-term goal to do more evangelism there. For those of you that are like, hey, evangelism first. Look, w- when we go, we evangelize. We share. We actually go house to house, old-fashioned door knocking. Um, the way that we were introduced to this community, we're really we're partnering with the Nazarene Church in Juarez. It's the third Nazarene Church of Juarez. Mm-hmm. That's who we partner with down there. They're the ones that would be taking the food, making sure everything was handled correctly. Their pastor goes every Sunday to this community because there is no church in this community. And that's something we would eventually like to build. But all this stuff takes time. And you've got to find the right pastor, somebody to be connected to it. For now, the pastor of the third Nazarene Church of Juarez is going to this community on Sundays after their church service and preaching to the people of Juanita Luna. Mm-hmm. And so there is a great element, everything that we do in taking the gospel to people. But uh, we also want to care for these children and, and feed them as well. And uh, it is so huge, the need there. I'm telling you, something that's so overwhelming that, it, you know, the, the, the human side of you is like, well, this is too big. Let's walk away and do something smaller that we feel like we can accomplish. But we are committed here. We'd love you to be committed with us. And um, and it's neat. Um, the pastor not only goes, but his team, he has a team that goes. And, yeah. Uh, they have um, one of his daughters works with the kids that are in that community. And they have teens within their church that go and they help um, work with the kids. And so it's really neat to see them being used in that community just they're a great group of people mm-hmm. i mean they are as selfless as they come we've been working with them for several years um they are an incredible group group of people and i'll tell you you know them going into where they're going and being committed to these people it's impossible to really state uh how it proves what kind of christians these folks are 
Everybody knows water as is dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to address that here in a little bit. It's one of the number one questions we get asked. Everybody knows it is, but listen, the area that Juanito Luna is part of can be even one of the most dangerous areas of water as Mexico. When, when we went out, the, the pastors that we're talking about, it was actually one of his assistant pastors was uh, coaching us and giving us, um, really educating us on what the day was going to look like, what to be looking out for, uh, what our mission was while we were there. And uh, I mean, seriously, one of the most chilling pieces of advice that we've ever received in all of our years of, of doing missions was if somebody asks you to pray for them, try to keep a distance of two to three feet, make sure you've got an arm's distance and don't close your eyes because it's happened before that people out there have asked you know, for prayer and then they've just waited till you close your eyes and they pull out a knife and stab you. So that's the, that is the, the type of location. It's, 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 uh, it's a heavy place. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, there's a heaviness being there. And your heart breaks for these children that are born into this community, and this is all that they know. And yet, these people that we're working with out of Third Nazarene, you know, they've got their own church, they've got their own ministry. Yeah. And they're like, but you know what? Nobody is here at Juanita Luna. And they let's want go, help. let's yeah. go do it. And so we, you know, we work with them, we partner with them to make all this happen, and we'd like to be able to provide the resources to feed the kids yes. for a year. So if you're interested in doing that. It's real easy. Look, one-time gift. Just put. Uh, make sure you put in the memo Juanita Luna. Um, I can tell you the very first sixty-five hundred dollars that comes in. Um, if we do hit that number, the the first sixty-five hundred that comes in for Mexico missions, that's where it's going. That's our priority as an organization. And so, if you just want to put Mexico missions, that's where it's going to go. You can do a one-time gift. Um, it would be really helpful if you're if you have any interest at all in joining us as you know in a partnership and, and actually um, giving on a monthly basis and just setting up a monthly donation. It makes it a lot easier for us to make long-term plans. Um, you know, we can gauge what we can anticipate doing six months from now and a year from now. We gauge that based upon the number of people that believe in what we're doing and are partnering with us on a regular basis and so signing up for a monthly gift is something else that um, would be really helpful and if you want it to be specifically earmarked for uh, Mexico let us know but we, I don't know how else to say this and those of you that know me and Andrea well you know we have never we've never got on and begged for money and we've been doing ministry for 20 years but I, I do mean this when I say our commitment to this community does hinge upon the funding. Andrea and I do yeah. not have it in our back pocket. We're not, you know, we're not looking for reimbursement here. And so we can't do this without your help. And so if you want to help, please do. Uh, and uh, we will make sure that we keep you updated about what's going on there and the difference that we're making. And our long-term goal, I mean, I'm telling I hope that a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we've got a church there. They've got their own pastor. And um, the third Nazarene church can just hand off the ministry work there. and Because it's a little bit of a drive. It's, a, it's, it's work for them to make this happen. Mm -hmm. But we are all doing this together. And it is so cool. To, to see the, the heart of these people. When we show up, because nobody's ever done this before, 
I mean, this is Juanita Luna. This is this is where you don't go. And when they see us showing up to help, it's just if you've never wow, did not expect that to happen. If you have never seen human beings that have that type of need and have never met, seen anybody care, all of a sudden see that somebody cares and there be a sense of hope that maybe life won't always be this way. Yeah. It's just, there's, there's no possible way to explain what it's like. And uh, on one hand, that makes me wish I could bring all of you with me to see, because if you would see you would do what you could, just like we are, to make a difference. And yeah. so, um, wow, didn't expect that to happen. We need your help. That's all I'm yeah. trying to say. We yeah. need your help. I promise you that uh, it's it, it will make a difference. Anything that you can give will make a huge difference. So let's talk now about missions in general there. I want to deal with, you know, what are the, a lot of the main questions. Maybe some of our listeners are thinking, well, hey, I would like to go, but I don't want to get stabbed. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So, um, we're, 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 let's save the last couple questions for the the back end. You know about the danger and why why do we do what we do? What are some of the other major questions that you hear about our ministry or that you get asked about why we do what we do in Mexico? Um, well, one of the main things is you know the need so great, like why do you do what you do? Are you even, are you even making a difference? And, mm -hmm. um, it is hard when you're not the one that's actually going because pictures don't always do justice. Um, but I can just tell you from firsthand experience that we are making a difference. And even in the first Nazarene church that we help or the third, third Nazarene, third Nazarene church, Nazarene, yeah. um, that, we see their team of people from the pastor to, you know, his children's ministry team to um, the teachers there to even the students that help. They know we believe in them. And, you know, we all need somebody to believe in us and all need somebody to say, hey, you know what? Um, I know you can go the extra mile and I know that this is possible and you guys are making a difference and you don't understand what you're doing in this community. And so um, we have been able to see, you know, just over the short time that I've been involved with it, um, just the relationships built and um, us be able to be that team for them, even though it's a far away most of the time, you know, but still patting them on the back saying, hey, you're doing good, you know, like what's your next step? How can we pray for you? You know, um, great, you guys wanna do vacation Bible school? Well, how about if we send you ours? And just resources that they would never have that seemed like an impossibility to them that, you know, there are used stuff. And so it's not even like, some of this stuff we're spending a great deal of money on, but we can see just the little bit of resources that we're able to do, whether it's, you know, praying for them, reaching out to them, encouraging them, giving them some of our used items just from vacation Bible school to, you know, curriculum that we don't use, um, that they can then turn into something that they can do later. And it's something great there. And so that has been, um, one of the number one questions that like I have had people ask and, that's kind of my answer to that. Yeah, and so I've yeah I've been asked the same general question like why go if you can't change the world or make too big of a difference. A couple of things on that. Number one, I'm the I yeah I, I will not deny that I'm the type of person that 
does dream big and refuses to buy that narrative that we can't make a big difference. It just takes time. Mm -hmm. And you got to be committed for the long haul. That said, I also think it's just a bad way to look at like, well, you can't feed 100,000 kids. So why feed 100? That doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. You know, Juarez has a million or more people in it. And you'll never change the, the entire city. So why care about trying to change one of the small communities? I don't understand the line of thinking. I think it's, I think it's insane. I think that if everybody else would do a little bit, we could all do a lot more. And, and what is the, uh, you know, what is the mark of success? Mm -hmm. You know, do, do, do you have to change an entire city to say your ministry successful? I don't think so. I yeah. mean, I think that's, I just think it's a crazy way of thinking. Yeah. We've been in Derby now Changing for 15 years, yeah. you know, and we've got a outreach that here in Derby on a, you know, every month we're ministering to about 600 different folks. Mm -hmm. Derby's like, I don't know, 30 times that large or 300 times that large, you know? So like we're, we're not <laughs> even ministering to 1% of the population. Does that mean that what we're doing isn't successful? Of course not. It is incredibly successful and incredibly important to the people God's called us to. Mm -hmm. And the same can be said true of the other ministries in Derby, you know. I mean, I think we have to stop with that mindset of if we can't change it all, then we shouldn't try it all. That's just, that's just, I can't think that way. I don't understand that way. And uh, I mean, you, if you, you saw me tear up earlier, when you see the heart, the thankfulness, the joy that these people experience because of hope that is born in their hearts, that, that they have been seen, mm -hmm. that God has sent someone to them that cares. When you see it with your own eyes, you will never again ask, why do you do it? And you'll never again question, is it making a difference? And this is why you want to call it the mission bug. This is why we got bit by the mission bug years ago and why we're so passionate about what we do with missions is because it does make a difference it's mm -hmm. incredible so it does and i often look at the situation when i'm in it and i think to myself if that was me or if that was my family i would really hope that someone would come help and be light and life and resources to us and if roles were reverse next question is it a good place to send a mission team and I'll let you kind of give an answer on that and then I'll answer. Okay. Um, well, my first thought is no, it's not a great place to send a mission team in general. Um, it's more maybe of an individual calling that, you know, if you really feel like God's tugging at your heart as an individual to visit Mexico sometime, um, then you should pursue at least asking questions and start at least seeing about more of the information that you need to make the final decision. Um, it is dangerous. There is, um, there's a lot of situations that you will be putting yourself into that you just don't know. And there's real um, possibility that you might not come back. And so, um, our daughter wanted to go with, uh, with me for Christmas two years ago. And we had a real conversation with her and just told her that, you know, we were okay if she wanted to go um, as a sophomore in high school to Mexico, but that she needed to know that, you know, she was right with the Lord in every area and be okay with the fact that if something happened, you know, that 
she might not come back that she was going to be okay with that and she did end up go ahead and making the decision to go um but as a whole we usually don't encourage people um you know to just take things lightly and go because it is there is real real dangers while you're there yeah so i generally um would answer the same way andrea does on that question is water as mexico a good place to send mission teams generally when people are asking that i understand what they're asking and generally my answer is no uh, it's not it's not the type of place uh, it's just not the type of place to send a bunch of touristy looking white americans who can't speak english in a big bus or van to get out like a sore thumb and walk around trying to hand out gospel tracts if that's what you're thinking of or or even you know build a house or or whatever yeah um it's dangerous so you know if you're looking for something that is that's very low risk but still high reward um it's 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 not the place it's probably um about as risky of a place as you would ever go in the planet right now to do missions other than a uh, territory that was hostile to Christianity, like, you know, Afghanistan or something like that, or, um, you know, a communist country where the preaching of the gospel was outlawed. So, um, yeah, first of all, if you're just looking for like intro to mission, something's going to be, you know, a lot of fun and, you know, no, no risk. Now it's a bad idea. However, I... <laughs> I don't, that's not my, um, my complete, when I use the word missions, that's not what I mean. That's, that is a form of missions. It's a great form of missions. And I'm going to be honest. We love what we do in Honduras. It's amazing. It's incredible. But what we do in Honduras does fit that category where it's very, very safe. And we're fine with you sending your five-year-old as long as you're coming with them and babysitting them yourself. <laughs> it's that safe. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I cannot discourage people from doing missions in dangerous areas of the world, especially if individually, like Andrea said, God's pulling your heart that way. Because here's the question, if not us, then who? Mm -hmm. If everybody else is going to stay away because it's too dangerous to take them the gospel and to bring them the love of God, then who will be brave enough and courageous enough to do it? And so there just needs to be wisdom in the way that we go. Uh, you heard me say you don't want to take a bunch of people to stick out like a sore thumb. We don't. Uh, most of the time, it's a small group of people. I might and stick out. But it's just a couple of us, and we are <laughs> with. It's very important to know that. Yes. Um, it's just a couple of us, and we are with Native people who yes. speak the language, who grow up in the culture, who do not stick out. Yes. And we are with them. Mm -hmm. And the people that we're with know we're with them. And... We don't announce where we're going a long time ahead of time. People don't know months in advance on this day at this time. Joplin and Andrea are showing up, so the word can't get out. There's a lot of things we do to try to make it as safe as possible. Yeah. And I want to address us letting Hallie go. I mean, there, there are moms and dads out there. There are people that, first of all, are like, you guys are idiots. You're crazy for going there. And then you just heard that we let our own daughter go there, and you're like, this is, this is, this is uh, too much. Listen, I want to I want to speak to that. Mm -hmm. 
this is going to be a wild statement for some people to accept, but I would rather see my children die on the mission field than to live their lives for themselves, getting, you know, wealthy and fat here in America and just living to please themselves and more, 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 more. Yes, I would. I, this is about eternity, folks. This is about living for God with all of your heart, above all else. This is about following the one who laid down his life and shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven. And I'm proud of my kids that, that want to make that step. But it's true. We had that conversation. Like, look, it is your life. And you're getting old enough that, you know, you, you, we want to see you be able to make some of these decisions yourself, but this is dangerous. And I, we've probably only sent one or two other teens from our church with our team to Juarez. And both times, I mean, I said everything I could to scare the tar out of the parents. I'm like, you need to understand how dangerous it is. Your child needs to understand how dangerous it is. And there's a very small group of people that fit into that category. They're like, yeah, that's us. That's what we want to do. But mm-hmm. even then, I'm like, as long as I've communicated and you understand, if that's your heart, I am not going to tell you no, because who else will go? Yeah. Who else will do these yes. things? And her heart is missions all yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we would love to have you join us yeah. on, on a trip. Um, and it's like I said, like we've said you know, two or three, maybe four at the most. It's not the type of thing that we, we want to take a group of 10 new team members with us. But we would love to have you join us. If you're ever interested in going with us into water, as we, we and, and you've got a heart for that, please reach out to us and let us know because we'd love to have you come with us. I think that we've ran really long with this podcast. Um, I think we're about five minutes over. And so um, you got any closing comments or thoughts for our people? Uh, not really. Just wanted to um, wish you guys all a great countdown to Christmas as we're approaching approaching the day and uh, encourage you to get out there and find somebody that you can be a light to because there's areas we can all over the place right now. And we'll have a special Christmas show coming up on Christmas week. Uh, we have not decided yet if we will have a podcast next Friday. And so just kind of be, you just, this is up in the air. We've got a lot going on between now and the end of the year with Juarez and everything else that we've mentioned here, uh, amongst the other things that we do to try to reach the people of our own community. Uh, we've got Christmas that we're also doing for those in need in our own community. And so anyway, we might not be able to podcast next week, uh, cross your fingers and, and hope for the best. And last thing I'll say, and we'll sign off today. We tried the best to kind of give a full picture of where we're headed in Juarez. It's very early. Um, it's, it's a lot like a child that's been born as far as ministry phases. And all we know is we're moving forward one step at a time. We would love for you to partner with us. That said, if you got questions that we, we didn't answer today, yeah, reach out to us. We love to talk about missions, as you can tell. We love to answer your questions. Reach out to us, joplinandrea.com. Shoot us a... Uh, an email through the comment thing and uh, we'll get back in touch with you and would love to answer your questions. All right. God bless you guys. Have a good Friday.